0: This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Acorns. Grow your oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just $1.00. $3 or $5 a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com slash acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash acorns. From acorns, mighty oaks do grow.
1: The used car dealership, when they, dealerships, or even the new ones that are trying to get inventory on the used side they're going to these auctions and now all of a sudden, nobody's buying these cars. The cars are going through, the banks that have repossessed these cars are going through and they're starting their the price that they want and it's too high. They're now too high because sales are falling off of a cliff, right? We're having so many problems with the used car sales because people have, do not have the money and I have a feeling because of the amount of repos that I heard last time I heard it was something like 8,000 a day in the US for being in repoed.
0: That was the Economic Ninja, a YouTube creator, hinting at an impending surplus in used vehicles that he predicts is coming due to used car prices being so high for so long, combined with government stimulus checks, leading to an abundance of vehicle repossessions. Now, we've been talking about what to expect when buying a car today and what car buying might be looking like in the near future. So I guess that begs the question, if you need a new ride, should you buy now? Or hold off, and if so, for how long? From Autoverse Media, this is AutoConverse.
2: Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's 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 my jam.
1: So, robots are listening. The robots are listening. All
0: right, welcome to another episode of the AutoConverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. Great as always to be here with you. Now, going back to the question I posed at the beginning, should you buy a car now or hold off? Well, there's really no right or wrong answer to the question. You might need a new car right now, or you might be able to hold off. It depends on your situation. Now, practically speaking, Buying a car is never an investment if you plan to drive the vehicle. Cars can only really be investments if you're improving them or flipping them, such as what a car dealer would do. And then there's the question of vehicle ownership. As we discussed a few episodes back, the World Economic Forum is pushing for an end to vehicle ownership. Now, I don't see ownership going away. Somebody ultimately has to own the vehicles that we get around in. But before we go down that rabbit hole, how about some headlines? kick things off, Honda and LG have announced a $4.4 billion U.S. battery factory to develop electric vehicles. The partners haven't announced where in the United States they plan to build the factory, just as they plan to begin construction in early 2023 to help prepare for mass production by the end of 2025. Honda and LG Energy Solutions said they picked the U.S. because local production and a quote-unquote timely supply of batteries would best position them to succeed in the growing North American electric vehicle market. Obviously, there's a huge push for electrification of vehicles and manufacturing of those vehicles and batteries and whatnot here in the U.S., In fact, General Motors announced plans to invest $491 million in its metal stamping operation in Indiana. and This is in a bid to prepare the plant to manufacture more of the stamped steel and aluminum parts that are used in electric vehicles. The money will be used to build out two new press lines. Honda does not currently offer an electric vehicle in the US but plans to launch an SUV, the Prologue, in 2024. Honda does expect to launch 30 electric vehicle models globally by 2030 and to sell exclusively electric vehicles in North America by 2040. These are just a couple of the developments coming out of some of the bills that are passed, such as the Inflation Reduction Act and the infrastructure bill that was passed last year by the Biden administration. In fact, Intel plans to break ground on its $20 billion chip plant, which was part of the push to bring chip manufacturing here into the US in response to the global chip shortage. Intel officially broke ground on its new semiconductor chip making plant in Ohio just last week. It is the largest private investment in the state's history. And according to Intel, it will be the largest facility of its kind on the planet. So obviously, we have developments in plants to build electric vehicles and batteries for those. We've got this plant, this this plant in Ohio with Intel. Uh, for chips and on a similar note tesla is cranking out over 6,500 power powerwalls 9k battery packs a week and the company has also significantly ramped up its production of mega packs at the nevada gigafactory ever since tesla bought solar city a few years ago There's been some obvious controversy, especially true since Tesla's energy business has not yet exploded as its EV business has. However, Elon Musk has noted for several years that the energy side of the business model will eventually become huge, potentially larger than the EV business. No matter how many factories it opens, it can't produce nearly as many cars as people are ordering. Tesla is also building four enormous supercharger locations in California after receiving grants from the California state government. Now, according to the grant requirements, the supercharger locations must support both Tesla and CCS charging. And Tesla has acknowledged that at least 50% of the chargers will have CCS capabilities. CCS stands for combined charging system, which is one of several competing charging plug and vehicle communication standards uh, for direct current fast charging, which is also referred to as mode 4 charging. In other news, NBC Universal earlier this month announced that General Motors will become the first brand to integrate with NBC Unified, which is its holistic first party data and identity platform. That unites NBC Universal's network of consumer touch points into a scaled offering for marketers within the One platform. GM's integration with NBC Unified is made possible through its media agency partner, Carrot, and leverages the agency network's leading partnership with NBC Unified that launched earlier this year. The integration with NBC Unified will bring together GM's data on its consumer automotive profiles and then overlap them with NBC Unified's first-party data on consumer media consumption preferences. Created with privacy in mind, this partnership is specifically designed to unlock new insights and allow for seamless activation against high-performing audiences within a clean-room environment powered by M1, which is Carrot's Agency network's proprietary data and identity platform. So basically what this means this is a this is a point of connectivity. GM is making it possible for NBC's network to gather behavioral information. These are the types of things that we that come to us at a cost and not just a dollar cost, but they come to us with some sort of sacrifice or trade-off. We as consumers give off behavioral information which ultimately becomes predictive data for algorithms and artificial intelligence to make decisions that really only supercomputers like Aladdin can make. Now, if you're in Phoenix or Austin, GM's self-driving technology unit, Cruise, aims to start offering driverless rides in Phoenix, Arizona, and then Austin, Texas, sometime over the next 90 days. Speaking at a Goldman Sachs conference, Cruise chief executive Kyle Voigt said that Cruise aims to hit $1 billion in revenue by 2025. Now in June, Cruise started charging for self-driving car rides in San Francisco using a small number of Chevy Bolt electric vehicles. Voigt said its operations in Austin and Phoenix will initially be on a small scale and revenue generating with a plan to scale up operations next year. Cruise has obtained all the permits necessary for using the driverless cars for ride hailing and delivery services in Phoenix. You might recall Cruise had to pull its self-driving cars off the road earlier this month, a day after being granted permission to put them on the road. That was in San Francisco. In more obscure mobility news, General Motors again launching a battery-powered cart designed for grocery delivery services. The device is being marketed under GM's new BrightDrop brand, which sells its new all-electric commercial vans and associated technology. The BrightDrop Trace Grocery, the BrightDrop Trace Grocery features nine temperature-controlled drawers and is weatherproof for four-season use are lockable and the cart can be integrated into a store's app, so it can be left for a customer to to retrieve their own purchase using a verification code. Kroger has been testing the trace, which is expanding to other retailers and will be widely available in 2024. So basically, this thing is designed to optimize the online grocery order fulfillment and pickup process. The e-cart can store items at food safe temperatures for up to four hours. So effectively, if you're ordering your groceries online, they can go into this robotic cart, which can automatically go out to your car and you can unload what you need. And all of your uh, perishables and, and foods or whatnot are maintained in their proper temperatures. Earlier this month, we reported on Uh, tesla's partnership with hertz well gm is now set to sell up to 175,000 electric vehicles to hertz through 2027 the deal calls for gm to start supplying electric vehicles such as the chevrolet bolt ev and the bolt euv to the rental car giant starting early next year which we just said follows hertz's commitment with tesla and polestar to help build out the rental company's electric fleet Why is a NASA spacecraft crashing into an asteroid? In the first-of-its-kind Save-the-World experiment, NASA is literally going to try to clobber a small, harmless asteroid that is millions of miles away. A spacecraft named DART will zero in on the asteroid today, intent on slamming it head-on at 14,000 miles per hour, and the impact should be just enough to nudge the asteroid into a slightly tighter orbit around its companion, Space Rock. Demonstrating that if a killer asteroid ever heads our way, we might stand a chance of diverting it. But listen to this. The size of the machine, um, the DART machine that's going to collide with the asteroid, uh, is about the size of a small vending machine, which is about 1,200 pounds. The asteroid it's heading into is 11 billion pounds. So I'm just trying to picture this. I'm picturing an 11 billion pound mass of rock in outer space that's in orbit and going who knows how fast, and then you've got a 1200 pound, uh, hunk of metal that's supposed to crash into it and knock it off course. Something tells me this is not going to work. Now I'm not a scientist. I haven't done, I haven't done the paperwork on this, but what about this? Why not get, why not get behind the asteroid and attach to it and thrust it in a different direction versus trying to collide into it? Maybe they've thought about that. Maybe they haven't. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll report on that in our next episode.
1: Coming up. But there is going to be a a flood of glut of cars, but it's going to take some time. And right now, these auctions, the cars are going through. Nobody's bidding on them. And they're just going right off back into the repo lot until the next month's auction.
2: familiar with the velcro and teflon effect i'm here to break it down with you for a few minutes okay velcro does what velcro sticks together right you get velcro pieces and stick it on fabric or whatever it sticks it sticks it sticks and then you got teflon slides off it just seems that negative things stick together stick in our minds and our hearts doesn't it though and all of a sudden it sticks and then another thing sticks another next thing you know it I'm not in a good place. You're not in a good place. That's that's the Velcro. And doesn't it seem like sometimes we could like, I don't know, someone encourage us, someone give us a compliment and, and it's not long. Like it doesn't stick too much. It can just slide right off like Teflon and be replaced with something negative that sticks to us like Velcro. The back in the day, human beings, you know, there's something called survival mode. And let's say years and years ago, when our life depended on certain things, okay, we would get a negative thought or a fearful thought, and it would actually keep us alive. Now, this is back in the day. We, We go, these negative things can actually cause us to go into survival mode. They can actually save our life. But see, how many of us have people chasing us down for our life today, day in and day out? We don't. We don't. We are not meant to just survive. We're a chemicals released in our body to keep us alive. We are actually meant to thrive. So in a sense, we wanna take the negative Velcro, right? That's there, meant there for a survival mechanism. And we wanna help retrain our brains to think more positively.
0: That was Inside Out Leadership mentor Rob Holman during the wellness mindset segment of B2B Hour on auto conversion. Rob is an internationally recognized leadership expert, executive coach, podcast host, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. He has a heart for authentic relationships and a true talent for equipping people with the skills and knowledge necessary for their success. Visit Rob on the web by going to www.robholman.com. That's R-O-B-B-H-O-L-M-A-N.com.
1: Hey, Dad. Are you still looking for a car? Did you know that when you click on car ads, dealers pay for every click? But shouldn't you get paid? After all, you're the one clicking. That's why I use Ask Auto. With Ask Auto, you build rewards as you shop. Plus, Ask Auto recommends exclusive offers based on your needs. You can ask questions on cars you like and still protect your personal information. You can even set your price. Who knew car shopping could be so easy and rewarding? Ask Auto, fast, fun, and rewarding car shopping.
0: So back to where we started at the beginning of this. What's going on in the used car market and what do you want to do about buying a car? In the video from The Economic Ninja, he's talking about this impending glut of cars that's building right now because the prices are too high for the average consumer to pay for. They're not selling at auction, and so they're they're basically just being held by banks. But the problem is, as that inventory continues to pile up, it's going to create this inevitable bubble, and that's gonna cause prices to go drastically down. So listen to him speak about the role that banks are playing on this impending glut of cars.
1: So, there are a lot of people getting their credit scores completely hammered to where they can't just go out and get a normal loan. They would be have to pay more, right? Well, as interest rates rise and the car prices stay strong, the average consumer cannot afford to use car. They can't afford, you know, in the twenty thousand plus range. They now have to dip back into the lower, the cheaper cars, uh, you know, ten thousand and under. And the problem with that is is in that market, there's only so many cars, right? And so there's so many more people now vying for them. That's going to get really tight and stay really strong. So I was listening and he said, when they go to these auctions, they're seeing the cars go through the line. You know, where they, they drive up and they start to, you know, they're doing these online biddings and they're going through and there's just no bids, nothing. And the car goes off And it hasn't been sold. And there's this interesting thing that's happening right now. And it happened exactly the same way in real estate in 2005 to 2006. And that is a human emotion thing that happens that people don't realize in sales as cycles. Because it doesn't matter if this is cars, real estate, or stocks. What happens is people that got super excited, super excited as as the excitement starts to wane and things start to go down and things start to look bad in the economy, what happens is your buyers get sort of closed in and they go, something doesn't feel right. I, I either can't afford what I'm trying to buy, or maybe I should wait. This doesn't seem right. Maybe it's going to change. They start to regress their spending, right? They start to hold on to their, they clutch their purses a little stronger. But we, what happens is the sellers start to get frustrated and they're like, well, my, my thing should sell. My, why isn't it selling? It should have sold. Like my buddy sold his three weeks ago or four months ago. And it was like that. And there was 10 people trying to buy it. Now all of a sudden that stopped and they start to go through this time of, no, it's worth it. And they, they don't understand what's going on. Well, the banks are going through that right now.
0: So for him, he's talking about all these repossessions. And here's where he gets into how those repossessions will ultimately lead to a glut.
1: See, the banks have rebuilt all these cars. And the one thing that banks do not want to do, whether it be cars or real estate, they do not want to show a deficit. They do not want to show the difference between what was owed and how much they were able to recapture when they sold that item, whether it be through foreclosure or repossession. Okay, so let's say a bank loaned out $20,000 for a car. The person couldn't pay it. After three months, they stopped paying it. So there's like, let's say $19,000 owed on it. They go and take it back. Their goal is to get $19,000 for it or as close as possible to it because let's say they get $18,000, they have to write uh, right off as a loss, $1,000, right? Well, that eventually goes on, it's on their books. It eventually goes to the street and goes to the shareholders. And they do not want to show losses because they want to have good credit worthiness too when they're loaning money, borrowing money from the Fed or, or another bank. They don't want to be known as putting out bad loans. The problem is in the car industry, the, the car industry's sales are dropping so fast, really that $20,000 car that, you know, $19,000 is owed on it and it was repossessed now. The market, can only bear let's say the market's only at 17 18,000 bucks. Well, a wholesaler, a guy that my my buddy that wants to go and buy that car, he needs to make a profit. So really he's looking to buy that car for 13 14, maybe $15,000 at most. Okay, well here's the problem with that. Let's say he buys it for 15 grand. The bank's got to now take a $4,000 write down on that. 4,000 bucks, the difference between 15 grand and $19,000. And they don't want that. Why? Because they've got a stack of cars behind them. They've got to get rid of two. And if they keep showing those kind of losses, especially on a percentage basis, it's no bueno. Just no bueno. And they don't want that because that could put their, their bank in jeopardy. And if you think about it, this is exactly what happened in in 2005 to 2006 where sellers are getting frustrated they couldn't sell their cars and the sellers this time are the banks me and the banks don't want to take these massive massive write-offs or write-downs because they're not going to be able to borrow money their credit's going to get shot too so there's this time what's happening is these cars are going off the uh, end of the block and they're going back into storage and they're waiting till the next auction and the banker is in denial just like a home seller right now the banker's going no you know what i'll wait for the right buyer We'll wait till the next auction. And the problem is their inventory of repossessed vehicles are just adding up. They're getting worse and worse. And what I believe you're about to see is something literally akin to the housing crisis. Um, Not uh, as much of a large scale because of the dollar amounts involved. But what you're going to see is the volume is going to be impressive. It is going to be shocking. When everybody was given stimulus checks, a lot of those people ran out. They bought cars they shouldn't have bought which means they're really nice cars. And I've seen pictures in repossession yards, repo yards, where there's still the paper plates, which means those cars weren't even on the road long enough. They were repossessed before they even were able to get the legitimate uh, license plates put on. That is absolutely staggering to me. That People would buy these. So there's a lot of cars. Ironically, though, if you're a mechanic, you're about to have a lot of work because there's a lot of seals that are drying up. If you guys know what I mean, if you're mechanics, you know exactly what I mean.
0: Now, on the consumer front, you might be thinking, well, is now a good time to buy a car? Or should I hold off? What's the best price I'm going to play?" But you're at the the very end of the touch point. The middlemen in all this are the car dealers because they have to either pony up money to have cars on their lot for you to look at and for you to buy, or they have to finance them And nobody wants to be left holding on to cars that they owe money on, that they can't sell. What about car dealers? What's the best angle for car dealers right now?
1: But there is going to be a a flood of glut of cars, but it's going to take some time. And right now, these auctions, the cars are going through, nobody's bidding on them, and they're just going right off back into the repo lot until the next month's auction. And I believe you are going to see a massive flood of cars Hitting those auctions at liquidation, like get rid of them. We don't care. We're talking fire sale. Because what's gonna happen is they're gonna finally wake up and go, oh my gosh, the Fed's not gonna capitulate. They're they're or they're not gonna start lowering rates right away, they're not gonna pivot. Things are going to get rough. The consumer is getting squeezed tighter and they're going to start to unload those cars. So there's going to be some opportunities for dealers, but get ready dealers, because I want you to understand on the opposite side of that, when the banks panic, you may be getting smoking deals. But if you have to pay, if you're using loans as a dealer to buy inventory in blocks, just know that your carrying costs could be pretty gnarly because... There's going to be a lot of people in pain financially, and there's not going to be a ton of people with these higher interest rates rushing down to go buy those used cars.
0: All right, that is a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to text the keyword AUTOCONVERSE to 855-766-7585. We'll send you a link to get subscribed to our YouTube channel. That way, you can be notified and tune into our live shows, which we do uh, once a month, every four Wednesdays. Um, you also get you'll also receive text messages for other videos that we put up on our YouTube channel, and inside scoop and special bonus editions related to the podcast. As for whether or not to buy a car now or hold off, we can help you with that too. You've heard us advertise here for one of our sponsor is Ask Auto. And the way Ask Auto works is you set up your free shopper shield and you take basically what's called a uh, what's called a shopper quiz. Ask auto is an artificial intelligence engine. It's an AI engine that will get to know uh, your lifestyle, your budgets, it'll it'll basically get to know you as a consumer and help put you in front of cars that are in stock that you can buy more immediately. And you might start coming across Ask Auto when you're at airports or staying in hotels, because what Ask Auto is doing is strategically working with uh, different infra- infrastructures around the U.S. to interface with consumers, to learn about consumers, what they need, what they need, what they're willing to buy and what their budgets are. So if you want help with this, go to autoconverse.com forward/ask auto activate your shopper shield using our affiliate link and that'll actually give us credit and that'll allow us to assist you with the process. So not only we have the the, the power of Ask Auto's AI engine, you'll also have us here on the other side to help you along with the process as well, interfacing with dealers and it get you answers to questions that you might have about financing and car selection and delivery and all that. Clearly buying a car today is not what it used to be. You're going to need all the help that you can get, and we're here to help you. So again, go to autoconverse.com forward slash ask auto and get your Shopper Shield set up today. If you are a Doge holder, well, to the moon, Dogecoin continues to hover at just a hair over six cents a coin, where it's pretty much been holding steady for the last three months. But it's not just Dogecoin that's struggling. The Dow is the only major U.S. stock index that's not in a bear market, but that could change by the end of today. It fell last week to its lowest close since November of 2020. And plus, the tech-heavy Nasdaq is coming off of its worst two-week stretch since March of 2020 as well. Over the past few days, global markets have been clobbered by an unprecedented effort from the world's central banks to lift interest rates and stamp out soaring inflation. Bloomberg editor John Arthur says this is a sh- this is shifting the tectonic plate's beneath the world economy and threatens dangerous developments in society and in politics as we all try to adapt. He's not the only observer who saw last week as monumental in market history. Watching the dramatic events of Friday when stocks plunged and investors treated Britain like an emerging market, Axios's Neil Irwin wrote that it might turn out to be a momentous day in economic financial history in ways that are not known to the vast majority of people at the time. It all starts with central banks, which we were just talking about, that are playing a significant role, leading to the glut of used vehicle inventory we're about to see. And with the economic outlook deteriorating, stocks are showing that and reflecting that as well. Bonds have also endured a historic route, having their worst year since 1949, and spiking yields, which move inversely to prices, could have a major ripple effect across. Markets, including making stocks appear more unappealing than they are now, which is already not very appealing. Currencies are getting extremely volatile, and even crypto is not immune from any of this. Some believe the U.S. can land this plane gently. Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic said, yes, said last week that the country's strong labor market indicates that the Fed could cool inflation in a relatively orderly way. And so, you know, the information I was sharing comes from Morning Brew, the free business newsletter landing in your inbox every morning. You can get the daily email that makes reading the news actually enjoyable and support the Autoconverse podcast by using our affiliate link in the show notes or just go to autoconverse.com forward slash brew. Stay informed and entertained for free with Morning Brew. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Ciao.